evening to you, God, from us. And you, and, well, and you know who us is, right? After all this time, as I sit on my stool, sometimes, you know, I look at Tony, and he is a toilet, as I am a two-legged, flesh creature of yours. We are who we are. I mean, Tony can't uh, transform into Batman, and I cannot transform into Helen Mirren. If I did, mm, I would never leave myself alone. God, I want her. Can you make this happen, God, please? Okay, okay, let's clear the mind. All right, move on. Now, that's not what I want to chat about. Well, that is what my dick wants to chat about. Well, I want to talk about transformations. As I said, Tony and I cannot change our forms, but I, fortunately, can transform on the inside. I may be unable to become a superhero or Helen Mirren, but when I was an emerging teen, you gave me the gift of transformation. I've mentioned to you before that as a young teen, I was not showing any signs of hunkiness or male stature that would attract the girls. I was overweight, with an overbite, and an overly thick lens glasses. I was over a lot of things. And girls, unfortunately, at that young age was one of them. Besides girls, as a boy, you know, society expected the boy to play sports, and I was a boy. And as with girls, my lack of athletic skills did not attract much attention. Hmm, sounds like a theme. Our house, though, where I lived, overlooked Pine Rock Field, where boys played Little League. I had no excuse. Mm -mm. I was literally right around the corner, and I was a boy, and I had a glove, so I went down to play. Playing is fun. That's a simple axiom. But when you can't do what the other boys seem to be doing effortlessly, I'm going to say it again, effortlessly, to me, playing created anxiety sweats, and, and I was anything but, well, having fun. And that's what I thought playing was all about. But looking at these boys in the field, I didn't want to go out and play with them. And it didn't help that when I was asked to play left field, uh -huh, the position boys were banished to. I knew why. Fine, I thought. I will stand there. I can do that. And I will look like a valuable team member. Well, of course. Then a fly ball came out my way. I did my boys. I did my best to raise my eyes to track the arcing ball. And in my head was a voice that said, you got this, you got this. I did my best to guess where it would come down and I raised my glove to catch the ball. Only the ball flew over my head, landing way behind me. I raced over as fast as I could and threw the ball back in. Well, I didn't need the coach to tell me the chance of making the team. I told myself to take my glove go home, which I was happy to do. So God, let's uh, summarize. As a young teen, I was a car wreck that could walk and talk that girls had no interest in and boys had no interest in because I was, well, unsure of how my body worked in sports activities. So there you have it. Needless to say, I was miserable. And I haven't even brought up puberty. So because, you know, you get the point. I think, though, you really did get my point. And I, I don't know, I believed you, you know, I kind of heard my misery. I believe, well, you took pity on me. You didn't leave me barren. You gave me a voice that the ability to sing with that voice. And that singing voice that for my age, 
turned out to be very pleasing. And that pleasing others outside my family, the world that wasn't necessarily so excited about me, well, the world didn't seem to have much use for me. But the voice that I had led me to another world, a world of my shul, my temple, my synagogue. You see, God, I was born in January. Now, why am I bringing this up? Well, it meant when it came time for my bar mitzvah at my temple, I was going to be the first in my bar mitzvah class to perform. I know, I know, I know. A bar mitzvah is not a performance. A bar mitzvah is a sacred act. But the handsome jocks saw it exactly as that, a performance. Show me, can you sing the prayers? Go on. Go on. Those who could throw a football 40 yards or make a double play or have anxiety sweats and shitting in their pants. Not me. A few skid marks, but that's par for the course. I was confident because most of what I was asked to do involved singing. And guess what, motherfucker? I could do that. So there. So when it came time to step on that beam, I was ready and eager. No left field for me. I wanted to be the pitcher, and boy, did I pitch. It wasn't long after that powerful day that I got a call from a Jack Litt, a member of the men's club. He had heard me sing at my bar mitzvah, and he invited me to come to temple with him for Saturday services, unless I had baseball or basketball or hockey or football practice. Well, I told him I would, well, I would make it work and thanked him for picking me up. In less than several months, I went from singing a few prayers to becoming a leader, the lay leader cantor for the Shabbos services. I was empowered, empowered by the praise, the comradeship, and the ability to deliver. I was transformed. They say that when you have a bar mitzvah, you are transformed into a fountain pen. The old standby line spoken was, today you are a fountain pen. A fountain pen? What? Well, you see, pencils are pretty straightforward, not much of a muss and fuss. A fountain pen was anything but that. You see, a fountain pen was actually a metaphor for going from the simple life of a boy to a complicated, messy life of a young man. That's right, a messy life, which of course began with the first wet dream. Clean up on aisle six. Do you know the joke? Connected to the traditional giving of the fountain pen gift was that you, as the bar mitzvah, or the Bobbitt's vote would be so nervous that you would say, um, well, today I am a fountain pen, instead of saying, today I am a man. But fountain pen or not, I was transformed that day. I was transformed that day. As a 13-year-old boy, it is a moment I cannot and don't ever want to forget. Most every Saturday I went to Temple while my boy comrades played sports with other boys. At Temple... I was a boy among men, literally. I was the only boy at every service, and I was just fine with that. What I wasn't fine with was the more I stayed, the more I observed. And what I saw, hmm, I didn't like. I have not been completely honest, God, so let's take a moment. Besides liking to sing, I liked you. I liked praying, but I didn't like our rabbi. Going to services, you hear things. And I heard the rabbi doing a lot of advocating to members of the board who came to services. But not for you, but for his own interest. I need, I want. I started to become distracted by this shit. Till finally, 
I didn't feel like going to services. True, true, true. When I stopped, I was going to soon be going to college. But even if I was not and going to a school nearby, I would not return to that temple, not with that rabbi as its leader. I stayed away, not from you, but from the traditional institutions like temples for quite some time until having my own children brought me back, talking to you from outside, to talking to you inside. <laughs> it was like I never left. What you did was permanent. I was never to go back to those painful days of self-doubt. Yes, teen years are supposed to be awkward, even painful, but they can leave wounds that remain unhealed. Going to services saved me. It did. Praying, it saved me. It did. It saved me. Perhaps that is an overreach, but I believe it. Amen. Are you smiling at me, God? Are you giggling? Do you see me as weak? I needed you as a crutch. How could I say that, huh? Well, I look at your game, and though we are told the meek shall inherit the earth, and the poor shall be taken care of, I hear another message. Survive my game as best you can on your own. So many drown in your game. They cry out for your help. And perhaps some are hurt, but it is obvious many are not. Play the game. I know you are compassionate. I know you are love. But there's things I don't know. And what I don't know, I feel, is another side of you that would say to me, that boy realized that there was a way to stop yourself from drowning. And you held on to it. You did. That was you. You created your own transformation and went from thinking you are a fountain pen to being a man and all the joy and confusion that goes with it. Fine. Fine, God, if that's the way you want to think about it. I can't, you know, change your mind, but my mind thinks otherwise. I came to this earth with two fathers, one of flesh and blood and one of spirit. The father who helped to conceive me the father of flesh is gone. It has been gone for four decades. But you are not. You are still here. And though I must stoke my independence as you would like me to do, I will always look to you, my other father. I will. And so, whether you approve or not, you gave me the gift of transformation. So there. Thank you. And as you know, <laughs> song transforms. Just go to a gospel choir and see how people are transformed almost instantaneously. Well, I don't know if this is going to transform anyone, but it's worth a try. Excuse me, miss. I know it doesn't go like this. I just can't ask for a kiss. I have to woo you. But look at me. I'm not handsome, as you can see. Not tall or muscle bound. And if you look around, there are lots of men in town. So why would you look my way? There's nothing I can say. 
to make you see there's so much more than a guy who simply lives next door. Well, if I were you, I'd just ignore and focus on my daily chores. And if you meet me at the grocery store, I'll be the guy staring at the floor. Well, do I aim too high the dream of winning a race to end in your embrace? Or should I find a place hiding? Perhaps one day you'll be on a walk and I will stop you and ask to talk and hope you smile and take a chance that a walk can turn to romance. So excuse me, miss. I know it doesn't go like this. I just can't ask for a kiss. I have to woo you. But look at me. I'm not as handsome as you can see. Not tall or muscle bound. And if you look around, there are a lot of men in town. Well, it's time to go to bed, God. As you know, it happens. And it's funny that when you go to bed, that you, um, well, you do transform, don't you? I mean, you change from a waking state to a sleeping state, and you go into another world. And sometimes dreams can be transformational. Just ask Dr. Freud and Dr. Jung. Yes, yeah. Yeah, things can happen. Well, I don't count on that. And as I said to you before, even though I believe you gave me a gift, transformation is in our hands. We are the ones who must transform ourselves and not look to you and ask you. Hmm. That's not the way your game works. And I know that's not what you want. Anyway, I know what I want. I'm going to go to bed. Night God. Rest.